It's another week, and it's uh, been a little bit of a roller coaster ride in uh, the Dort Athletic Communications Office. Lots to tell you about. Uh, my name's Mike Biker, and I'm joined today by Bradley Lackman. And next to him, Matt Boss. And we are here to talk about uh, last week's happenings and uh, the week that is coming up. And while coming to a rapid conclusion with the semester, uh, students are taking tests today. And. Uh, from here on out to what, uh, test today, test tomorrow, it's Thursday today, and they'll be testing early next week and then uh, close things down for the semester. But we will roll on with some athletic activities. And uh, first off, we wrap up volleyball for this season. And uh, big news on Monday, guys, as uh, Coach Chad Hansen made the announcement that uh, he's going to continue as men's volleyball coach but has resigned his uh, women's coaching position here at Dort and what a productive 11 years it has been for coach Chad Hansen. Yeah Hansen uh, is going to leave this women's program it's a great program he's done a great job Uh, two-time national runner-up another semi-final appearance for this program and we're fortunate to keep him at Dort here and he'll do great things with the men's program and just uh, kudos to him for his work with the women. I tell people uh, when he was hired 11 years ago, I've said oftentimes this week, he's in a far different spot than he was 11 years ago when he came here. His uh, daughters are, uh, without getting into too much of the specifics, his daughters are junior high age, soon to be high school kids. And you don't get those years back as uh, you and I understand, Matt and Bradley, you'll uh, probably understand it at some point. You don't get those those days and weekends and years back. And so uh, there's an opportunity for him to continue coaching men's volleyball. Where that leads, we will see. But uh, it's a varsity program. You were asking before the uh, we went on the air, Bradley, about men's volleyball. Yes, it's a varsity program. I think, what are we in, year five or six of it, something like that. And there's been steady improvement each year. Actually, two years ago, before COVID hit, uh, they were enjoying a pretty good year. So uh, they are uh, they're in a position, I I think to take a step forward as a men's volleyball program but uh, the release we put out and you worked up a graphic what was it Bradley 236 wins 236 wins and uh, seven national championship appearances in 11 years um, so just a very accomplished career for coach Chad Hansen and We'll be excited to see where he leads this men's volleyball program. He has been, uh, he coached the defenders to a pair of runner-up finishes uh, in the national scene, also a semifinal berth last season, so the final four if you want to term it as such. So, uh, yeah, that was the news out on Monday, and it also means that we are in the market for a women's volleyball coach, and we will see how that uh, develops over the coming weeks and months. Uh, hopefully it doesn't stretch out into months, but uh, in the coming weeks we'll see how that pool develops, and of course we'll keep you up to date. Matt, you had the opportunity to work at the National Volleyball Championship to wrap things up and just uh, to let people know the team that Dort played first in pool play, Missouri Baptist, ended up winning the national championship. Yeah, they came out of pool play, and they were one that you kind of penciled in when the whole thing started as one of those teams that could make another run, the defending champion with everybody back. And tell you what, they really played well. It was a thrilling five-setter in the championship match against Park, one of their former conference rivals. Just a great match, but Missouri Baptist, they did it again. Congratulations to them. As an aside, did it feel a little strange for you this year in Sioux City given the way last year – I mean, we were playing volleyball until May 1 last year, and then the summer – 
and then it was it, it was almost like the same season with a little bit of a summer break. Did you get that sense? Oh, definitely. Something was yeah, yeah. It was it was different. It was very unique and we had just did this, you know, you know, five, six months ago. And uh, a lot of people felt that vibe, too. I had a lot of comments from other SIDs, coaches, administrators, you name it. You were down there as well, Bradley. Uh, you, uh, taking in the NAI National Championships, you were down there last spring as well. But your impressions of National Championship uh, activity, uh, observing it now in the sports information field. Oh, it's great. I went to the basketball championships a few times uh, as a student. Um, but now working these national championships, volleyball a couple times, went to cross country last year. It's just a great atmosphere. It's really awesome to see our student athletes compete on the national stage and um, just competing for championships. And it's just fun to see fans from all around the country there. Yeah. And uh, all American teams for volleyball also came out. I had thought maybe Karina Timmermans would get uh, an honorable mention nod, something like that. She did not. Matt, you and I have been around long enough. We occasionally scratch our heads when the All-American teams come out. We always think that our players uh, are deserving, and I, I honestly believe that in this case, but it was not to be. And uh, you start digging into that a little bit. I always tell people don't dig too deeply because you can drive yourself crazy. Yeah, and the bottom line is there's there's a lot of good players. There are. And we don't see them all. You know, We don't see what's on the West Coast, the East Coast. We are very familiar with the Midwest. We're very familiar with the GPAC. But uh, she had a great year, and uh, that can't be lost on this. Last weekend, indoor track and field, I had people say to me, you're starting track and field already, and it's becoming more commonplace, uh, track and field teams utilizing fall training, and they want to get on the track for some competitions. And for the Dort Defenders, it was a busy weekend because they also had the half marathon taking place where cross-country runners taking advantage of their training to run in the half marathon, see if they could qualify for the marathon. Bradley, you have a list of the NAI National Championship qualifiers for indoor track and field and a pretty substantial list for both the women and the men for the first weekend of competition. Mm -hmm. Seven total automatic qualifiers, six on the men's side. We have Peyton Malden in the 600, as well as Cole Zevenbergen, Jacob Vanderplatz in the mile, Eric Steiger and Joe Anderson in the 3,000 meter, and Grant Brower in the high jump and heptathlon. Uh, for the women's side, we had Anne-Marie Stoyt um, in the 600 meter. She finished first, and then Micah Koistra hit the provisional mark in the 600, finishing second overall. Now, you had some interesting details about Peyton Malden's 600 performance, Matt. Uh, tell me more. Yeah, Peyton, so his time that he turned in was actually one second, uh, almost a second and a half faster than the winning time at the national indoor meet last year. So he would be the national champion had his race taken place last year in Yankton. So uh, just an outstanding preseason meet, if you will, for Peyton. Let's, uh, let's keep him healthy and don't slip on any ice. Uh, Eric Steiger, 3,000 meter on Friday night. And then he was part of the crew that ran in the half marathon on Saturday. Yeah, a record-breaking time in the 3K, and then he turns around and – Less than 24 hours later, sets a record in the uh, half marathon and just an outstanding job by Eric. I'm also, for Grant Brower, um, to qualify in the high jump. Uh, last year was, uh, there were some challenges last year for him in terms of the high jump. And uh, for him to qualify, uh, I think that's a very good sign for, for Grant Brower. 
Yeah, those the high jumpers, the long jumpers, one year they can have it, but something in the next year it can be just a little off. You know, it, it, it's a very technical event, uh, but uh, he jumped very well in this preseason meet, and it propelled them to a to a qualifying score in the, in the multi as well. Now, Concordia, they also host events, and they're hosting an early bird this weekend. We're sending a few competitors to that this weekend. I understand it's going to be a van load. What that means, maybe 10, you know, 10 to 12 athletes. Okay, and that is happening on Saturday. We're not sending any multis to nope. that one. So nope. that the multis are on Friday. The uh, right, quote-unquote regular events are on Saturday. That's at Concordia. So that's track and field. And, and then they close it down, and then it gets very intense in the middle of January when we start things up again. We have a month off here, and I'm going to go nuts because I love track and field, and it kind of wet my appetite, if you will. I'm anxious for track season to be here, but i got to wait a month. But then after that, it'll be weekly. So. And, we, and we will be hosting a meet uh, just like we did last year, and that will be happening uh, one of those first few weeks. And the indoor season does not last long, so very intense once it rolls around. That brings us to basketball. Um, Dort Northwestern last night. The roller coaster ride continues. I said to Coach Bill Harmson, uh, let me off. I don't want to ride anymore because <laughs> um, went through a valley the last couple of weeks. Lost to College of St. Mary at home last week. We talked about that. Lost on the road to Midland on Saturday for women's basketball. And then all of a sudden we're up at the top of the hill, beating a very good Northwestern team last night. Uh, Bradley, you watched it, uh, and you made a very, a, a very, I thought, telling comment. Was really glad Dort was able to get a substantial lead because Northwestern did come back. It was just they had too much ground to make up. Yeah, Dort extended their lead to as much as 20 in the third quarter, and Northwestern chipped away a little bit. So it was good that Dort had that lead and was able to hold on in the end. I think Northwestern got as close as 10. I don't know that they ever had the ball with a chance to cut it to less than 10. Uh, I believe it was Ashton Verbeek finally that got a bucket to stop the bleeding, but uh, Ashton turned in a great game on uh, uh, last night. Bailey Beckman also probably looked as close to what I remember Bailey Beckman being like when she was healthy. Yeah, Bailey had 22 points. Uh, the the basket that stands out to me for Bailey was uh, the halftime buzzer beater fading away to the side and banks it in and you know the crowd goes wild. It was a, a great atmosphere last night and a good performance there for the defender women played well defensively. Um, I noticed that uh, Northwestern only allowed 60 points per game coming into this one and Dort ended up scoring 79. So a good Good balance performance for the Dort defenders. And they should, Dort shot the ball as well as they have this season. Also, if you've still got the stats up, how many turnovers did Dort have in this one? I think it was a very pretty low number. Yeah, Dort had 10 turnovers. And that, that was a challenge last year. We were up in the 20s far too often. And bottom line, you can keep yourself in games if you're not turning it over because most of those possessions are then turning into shots. You, Matt, thought uh, the defense that Dort played, uh, especially on uh, uh, Devin Campbell. Devin Campbell. Yeah, mm -hmm. that uh, pretty critical in keeping her from getting going. 
Yeah, you look at Northwestern's numbers that and uh, Dort's defense held them to 38%, which was a season low in field goal percentage. And also that 66 points total was also a season low for Northwestern. Dort was engaged defensively. They played well, and uh, Northwestern's got a really good post player, Molly Shaney, and Northwestern varied who they would go double her with, and the defensive game plan worked to to perfection. Yeah, and uh, when Coach Bill Harmson says this is as big a win as he's had in his career, that's saying something because uh, he's been doing this a while. But, uh, yeah, and he said mainly because of what has transpired up to this point. This was the first time we had close to the full roster, and I don't know that we will have the full roster for the rest of the year. Riley Van Holsen now hurt, but uh, this is probably as close as it's going to get from here on out, and good to have few options. Men's game. Defender men, uh, I, I don't know if you heard me say it up in the balcony, Bradley, but it, it felt like almost a reversal of the women's game in terms of Northwestern grabbed that early lead, and then it was Dort trying to chip away from there on out. That's exactly right, Mike. And Northwestern, uh, late in the first half, really took control and kind of held on to that for the rest of the game. And um, I think the big thing that sticks out to me for Northwestern was the performance of Matt Onken. Um, usually we look at Trent Hillbrands, Alex Van Kalsbeek at the as the two guys to, to really um, place an emphasis on for Northwestern, but... But Onken really stepped into that uh, that third-person role, scoring 22 points, and that proved to be the difference. He shot him to the lead, and then I thought he was going to shoot him out of the lead for a little bit. <laughs> he, he missed a couple of shots, and I, I watched the reaction of the bench, and he, he, it is such a tightrope you walk because you want someone to be confident and take those shots, but when they take them early in the shot clock – uh, there there were some tense moments for Northwestern. And then Bryce Coppett gets that steal and you cut it to one and you think, man, it, it, it's there. We just didn't get, weren't able to get a, a great shot to try and tie the game, if I remember correctly. I ended up being Cade Bleeker taking a really long shot. It was a contested long three. And, you know, I have on my sheet here two things. Tempo. I thought Northwestern controlled the tempo. Yeah, they they kind of slowed it down and made it a slower game than what Dort prefers. And I also have underlined on here, make shots. Northwestern yeah. made the shots. Dort, for whatever reason, didn't last night. Yeah, when Grant DeMolinaire tosses in a three to start the game, and Grant, fine player, I've watched him four years, watched him in high school when he was at Grandview Christian. If he's taking three-pointers, though, that's a little outside of what Northwestern is normally going to do. And, Mike, I would like to add, it was good to see Camden Bielis back yep. on the floor, and he gave us great minutes. I like how he plays the effort, and he's just a big physical presence down low. It looked like he was happy to be out there again. All these games came off of the weekend where, reverse the roles once again, the women controlled much of the game with Midland and just couldn't finish it. And depth was an issue that day, down two starters. Carly was unable to play. Hayden was unable to play. Ashton Verbeek ended up with a big game. And uh, Janie Sconehoven, if I remember correctly, had a career high as well. Those were good things, just couldn't hold off Midland in women's basketball on Saturday. And when you have some of those injuries, especially to um, to some key contributors on the team, it is so tough to win on the road. It's tough to win on the road regardless, but um, yeah, if you're missing missing some players, uh, you really have to find other ways to uh, to create depth and to get some defensive stops and 
Midland shot the ball well and um, ended up with a 51.9% shooting percentage. So that's, that's really tough to win on the road that way. The other thing, and Matt, you watch high school basketball a lot, as do I. We watch college as well. High school, if you've got a 10-point lead with eight minutes to go, you're probably going to win the game. I mean, some things have to go wrong. In the college and university game, you got to put a shot up every 30 seconds. That changes things dramatically. It sure does. You have to continue your efficiency. You have to make shots because, yeah, like you said, there's so many possessions in a quarter. Yep. And in high school, you can limit it if you delay or what have you. But, yeah, you get get so many possessions in, in that final 10 minutes or so. Men's game, it was great to see the men hang on and beat Midland. And uh, by hang on, it had to go to overtime, and the defenders gave up a late lead. And it was a Cade Bleeker three that changed the momentum of that one in overtime and turned it into a two-possession game. And really, from there, Dort was able to control it. But uh, an overtime win for the defenders over Midland, limiting a very good three-point shooting team that day. Jacob Viss had a big night, double-double, 30 points, 10 of 18 from the floor. But uh, Bryce Coppock got... And, and Cade Bleeker had good nights from the perimeter as well, 27 and 16. And uh, it's not easy when you give up the lead late and head into overtime. Midland is all the momentum in the world, but a, a nice job by Dort to come back. I thought that one was defense. And, again, uh, what did uh, how many turnovers? I mean, that that's one thing I've noticed with both basketball teams this year. Turnover numbers compared with where they have been uh, – very low, and the team, they're getting shots from the field. Uh, if I remember right, the men are averaging like 10 a game, which is one of the lowest numbers I can recall. Yeah, only nine turnovers on Saturday for Dort uh, Midland with only five turnovers. Yeah. So who's going to win the turnover battle? And even even if you don't win that turnover battle, still keeping them low enough that you can overcome them and not get so many points off of turnovers for the opponent. I do know you don't force Lawrence Merritt from Midland into many turnovers. I mean, for them to only have four, that doesn't surprise me because he is very, very good with the basketball. Hockey, uh, the defenders, roller coaster again, up, down, start down with a – Nebraska kind of handed it to the defenders on Friday night. Yeah, 5-0 loss for the defenders on Friday night and – um, yeah, you wonder, is it just seeing a new opponent? Because on Saturday, they come out and score eight goals. Um, and uh, yeah, defenders won in overtime on Saturday after a loss on Friday night. So good split over the weekend with a talented Nebraska team. And uh, we'll see where this takes us into Christmas break now. And uh, I should go back and say one more thing with basketball. Dakota Wesleyan on Saturday Always entertaining when those two teams get together, and that will be at the DeWitt Gym on Saturday, and that is if we don't get snowed in tomorrow. But uh, we'll, we'll worry about that stuff tomorrow. That's about it, I think, for what has happened and what is coming up. I'm trying to go through some news stories, and uh, we've covered the Chad Hansen thing. Um Recruits are starting to come by. Yeah, they are. They are. And I anticipate uh, football will have a a nice group that will release later on 
next week. We coincide that with the NCAA's National Signing Day, which really doesn't mean anything to us other than it's kind of the season. I'll be sending you a release to take a look at and proof simply because with so many names and so many kids coming through, uh, I want to make sure someone else gets a set of eyes on it. I make enough mistakes without uh, without needing to make more. Um, I'm curious for you, Matt, and for Bradley as well. After a game like last night, how long does it take you to unwind? Does it take you long at all, Matt, or what? where are you at on, on game night? It does take me a while. You know, we always have a story to write, so that kind of helps decompress a little bit and just go through the yep. emotions of it. And so, and then I'll just get home, and it takes me about an hour and a half to really? wind down. Yeah. Uh, I'll try to go to bed, but that doesn't work, so i got to unwind on the TV. It takes a while. And that's fairly common almost every game? Yeah. Wow. How about, how about yeah, you? That's been about the same for me, especially if it's a, a big crowd like we had last night. Okay. Um, just just take some time. Yeah. Okay. How you seem surprised, Mike. Oh, I, you know, I used to – how many games do you remember? I mean, that's not, – Not a lot. I used to remember every one. Okay. I mean, I – and I'd replay things in my. I, I don't do that anymore. I mean, I enjoy the competition while it's happening, and I, I'll do the work afterwards. And there, there is a, there's an enjoyment in that. But it doesn't take once that's done. I slam the door. Uh, yeah, move on. Off to bed. I mean, it it doesn't take me. Now I will say this: if it's a close game, and you don't get the breaks. There are times where I'll wake up and I'll think, ah, could have won that one or something like that. But I don't have that as much as I once did. And I'm kind of thankful that I'm not a coach because I think if I were coaching, <laughs> it would be that much worse. I mean, really, we're in sports information. We're we're fans, you know. We're right. watching and we're reporting. Yeah. I can't imagine what it would be like to be a coach and just have those things just going through my mind. I remember when we were going through the very challenging football seasons. And I remember, and that, that was at a time where I was like, anytime we had a chance to win a game, you wanted to because those chances were so few and far between. And I remember one night thinking, man, if I feel like this after a loss, what does John Heavner feel like? I... And it was also at that time I thought, you know, I can't. I mean, if I'm going to take losses this hard, I probably have to figure something else out. So that was also something that forced me to, I wouldn't say detach, but there is a separation now. How many games do you think you've watched as a professional? I Over a thousand? Yeah. I don't know. It's been a while. It's been a lot. Yeah. And there's very few now that I go back and I can remember clearly. I can count probably five, four or five that I can just, yeah, play for play. But other than that, they all just run together now at this point. Yeah. I have, uh, unfortunately, and that's the way I'm wired, I remember losses. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there are some, there are some gut-wrenching ones that I, I mean – uh, all I have to say is McPherson 
for basketball fans. And I mean, that one still makes me want to throw up. And I've watched, I've watched the YouTube video mm-hmm. of the last minute, and I still can't believe everything that happened. Right. And this past year, football with Morningside hmm. had a similar feel. But you ask me to remember wins like that. And I have a hard time coming up with it. And I'm not sure why that is. And you need to flip that. <laughs> when you start thinking about those losses, you need to remember the wins and put that on the TV and just watch it again. Well, there was there was a game a couple of years ago at the Corn Palace where we were down, I think we were down 18 with two and a half left. And it ended up being Jesse Jansma hitting a three that put us up. And yet Dakota Wesleyan very nearly hit a buzzer. They hit the shot. It was just ruled after the buzzer at the Corn Palace, and we won that one. And I remember saying that to Brian Van Haften, and he said almost the exact same thing. He said, you got to choose to choose to remember the good ones. And it's like, <laughs> but I, that's not how it works. I mean, what about you, Bradley? Do you, I mean, you're, you're relatively new into this. What your thoughts? I would say I remember the atmospheres and the ending of the games. I don't really remember a whole lot of, like, even if you had asked me about first half of last night, that's how quick it goes. Um, But Mm -hmm. I would say the ending of games are the moments that stick out to me. Okay. Well, interesting conversation, if nothing else. Um, We don't have anything further in terms of defender discussions this week, so... I don't know if we'll get anything before Christmas break. People are people are busy with tests and projects and all that stuff that comes with the end of the year, but we'll pick that up again when the second semester starts. So that's going to do it for our podcast for this week. We will talk to you one more time in 2021. We'll do that next week. This has been Defender Discussions. Watch for future releases on the Dort Athletics website and on our social media outlets.